0: Hey, if you're looking for something a little different for your table with a dark and horror theme, or maybe something a little sexy from the OSR, you've got to go check out Postmortem Studios and all of the goodness that they have available to you. You know Postmortem. It's our friend, Jim Despera. You can check out all of his works at post-mortem.com. Let me recommend Whitechester, the big, bad city prison that is free form and works with everything from grimdark to your favorite OSR system. And you can decide, are you going to set up camp in the prison? Do you want to escape the prison? Do you want to become a little tyrannical lord in the prison? It doesn't matter. It's just an amazing setting and a, a truly great piece. Bert, I know you really liked actual fucking monsters
1: absolutely i mean the idea that the monsters don't have to be pretty and you know you're playing them as a villain it's uh (laughs) sort of it's a a, (laughs) sort of is actually a great idea.
0: You twisted our arm, and we're going to suspend our normal game, and we're going to give AFM a little go at the table this week. But I encourage everybody to go to Postmortem Studios' website. Again, it's post mortcom Check out Grimm's stuff. You're guaranteed to find something sexy or dark or all of the above for your table for a little change of pace. Jim has 20 years of experience in the business. He's a friend of the show, a supporter of the show. He supports us. You should go support him. Buy something at post His books are also available in print at Lulu, so throw a couple of bones his way and you'll get something great for your table. Now, on with the show. <coughs> Hey, 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 everybody. It is the world's favorite human being, Ryan David, here with you. Coming at you with another week of exciting stuff to talk about here on Nerd Cognito. It's been a fun week, I think. Uh, I'm still high on the announcement that I have the honor and privilege of becoming the third inappropriate character. I'll be joining the RPG pundit, Avenger Satanus, on the 30th of the month. So mark your calendars, make sure you're subscribed at the YouTube place so that you can see me look like an absolute blithering idiot compared to those two on the 30th. But I know two people that are absolutely going to be tuning in, if nothing else, than to watch said blithering idiot. One of them is Bert. Hey, Bert. <laughs> hey, Ryan. How's it going this week? It's been a good week so far. And we got Kyle. Kyle, welcome back.
2: In the immortal words of Elton John, the bitch is back. <laughs>
0: Man, I feel felt for you last week uh, I, nothing is worse than losing climate control in the peak of the summer man it's
2: yeah it was rough.
0: rough i uh many many moons ago i broke my leg in uh, i did a good job uh, both bones in the leg snap Oh, while i was uh, cutting the grass i fell down the hill in truly ballerina like form
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh, two days after I broke the leg, but prior to them being able to set it, right? because they, they do that that weird time where you're just miserable and addicted to pain pills. <laughs> two days okay. into that, our power went out for eight days. and it was in eight. August. And I was. Oh, I, I was miserable. I was pretty much bound to a recliner. And all, all I did was sit in that recliner and sweat and hate sweat. the world. Oh, man, I was so miserable. Thank God for the pain pills.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, you,
0: you laugh, but at the end, like three, four, five, six weeks into it, I was still sitting in that chair, and I was counting down the hours until I could take my next one, and I said, whoa, whoa, I now understand a little bit about... How that can get some folks, because I was hooked, and I intentionally said, "Nope, that's it. If it's not Tylenol, I'll, I'll just take the pain," because I didn't like the 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 concept of, oh, I only have an hour and a half until I can get high again, and it it just bothered me. So I've, I'm a little more sympathetic to to the addict perspective, at least. Slightly so. (laughs) When it comes when it comes to prescription meds, because of that situation.
2: Well, it's because you weren't doing it right. Because everybody knows that when you take a pain pill, you got to chase it with a shot of whiskey
0: and chew it up.
1: Right? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, or two shots of whiskey.
0: You guys know I can't do the whiskey. If I smell Jack Daniels specifically, my body has a visceral reaction because of bad experiences with too much Jack during some very low periods in my life, <laughs> uh, Kyle, did you do anything fun this week?
2: Uh, not really. I've been trying to catch up on stuff, you know, three, almost three days without power. And then the, of course the majority of that was the weekend, which is when I usually do all my perusing on the internet and trying to come up with different things as far as gaming goes, uh, I'm I'm didn't do any tabletop gaming. I, I still like to sit down and play some of the old original Bard's Tale 1. <laughs> I remember that. I still play that game, man. I love it. And
0: you're playing the original. You know there's a remaster of it that's out.
2: Well, it's it's the remaster okay. it's the one on on GOG that, you know, I got that. Um I've actually found an abandonware site and had the old uh, original one too and I went ahead and it was like a few bucks to get the remaster so i got the remaster but uh and that's what i'm playing but it's i mean it's basically the same game it's just a little bit more slightly better graphics and audio right
0: I'm at, <laughs> right so. yeah i am I'm, I'm in a little bit of a video gaming drought right now you know i i just can't find Can anything just the bard's tale uh, well I, I did the <laughs> bard's tale i <laughs> but, we'll do it again well, man I, I could go back because i just did restart death stranding because i freaking love that game go ahead bert hit me with it then tell me about your week what that you love the walking simulator yes yeah, yes, yes, yes sure, so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah
1: well, i mean i restarted skyrim so i can't really
0: uh <laughs> i think the world know. is guilty of restarting skyrim <laughs> eighteen thousand times
2: I, isn't it amazing how that game has held up all this time?
0: It is. It is. Now, do, do you guys do the mod thing? I, I'm no, I do. I'm strictly vanilla. I, I'm,
2: no. I'm well, <laughs> I've heard that about you.
0: <laughs> I'm a, I'm a
1: console gamer. So mods are a lot more difficult for me to install and mess around with. So no, I just, I don't, I don't really go for them. What's uh, what sort of
0: path are you, you taking this time around?
1: Um, I'm trying to go a strong magic path, uh, as far as that's concerned. I want to, uh, play around with some of those game breaking things. So, uh, you know, crafting and enchanting that kind of thing.
0: Oh, that's so fun. It's so fun. Uh, I always say if, if anybody is looking for a different Skyrim experience, absolutely avoid stealth because, you know, everybody plays the stealth character, right?
1: Sure, that was my first run through and right. then I tried a like a street warrior build like specializing in like, you know, arms and armor and then now I'm kind of just playing around, I want to have fun. I-
0: There's so much in in just that world and that community and you know, sometime in our 80s we'll see the next installment of the Elder Scrolls series. <laughs>
1: But it'll be an Xbox exclusive, and
0: yeah, yeah. Well, uh, PC, PC, right? Oh yeah, PC, right? Kyle, what's your preferred Skyrim build?
2: Well, you know, I'm a basic bitch, so stealth. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, I like the Dark but-
0: Brotherhood. Before the Dark Brotherhood was cool. Uh,
2: you can do some things with stealth, though, and and take it outside its normal boundaries. Um, one of the first stealth builds I did in Skyrim, and it was completely by accident is I started to go like heavy tank warrior kind of guy. Oh, so heavy armor, giant ass sword running around. And then I, but then I got to locations like, okay, I really need to, you know, I I need to sneak up on, on this guy. The next thing I know, it's like, I've got this giant-ass sword, I'm wearing, like, the heaviest fucking armor, and I'm sneaking around like a boss. <laughs>
0: and that was an
2: interesting experience, because that's something you don't normally think of those two as going to get.
0: I had fun with a sniper build, Stealth stealth Archer. And I thought that that yeah. was a, a different, you know, non-traditional stealth thing to do. But eventually, you're, you're going to get into the situation where that just doesn't work for you. So... Uh, it always reverts to, yeah, you, you're maxed stealth, you're maxed with your archery, and you still got to pick up the sword. So, ah, Skyrim, how many hours of my life have I given to you? Interestingly <laughs> enough, I think that the Dark Brotherhood storyline from Oblivion was the best one. Yes, as opposed I agree. As opposed to the, the Skyrim one, which everybody sort of fawns over, but I, I was a fan of the Oblivion one. Ah, memories, memories, memories. Well, today, instead of going down memory lane, I want to talk about some stuff that you can implement at your role-playing table. You know, everybody has spelunked through the dungeons of Skyrim, but what about the dungeons on your table? How do you approach those? And specifically, I want to have a little conversation talking about the merits and possible drawbacks of the two big ways that most dungeon masters are looking at dungeons from a prep standpoint and that is either it is a planned dungeon meticulously written out or the other side of the coin is it is a completely random dungeon And we want to talk about sort of where we fit in our game mastering styles and why both of those, like I said, have have good and bad points. So I'm going to say right off the top, I am biased towards the random end of it, but my style is a little unique when it comes to that. So I'm going to hold back on that and see what you guys think. Kyle? Are you a planner or are you a charts man?
2: I think it all depends on the game you want to run. Um, Let me back up for just a second and say, I don't think that the two are necessarily mutually exclusive. No, not at all. Yeah, I think we're taking extremes here. I think you can blend them. For the purposes of this conversation, um, I'm going to lean more towards planning. Now, planning doesn't mean railroading. And a lot of people will take it, that way. I enjoy random generation. If you're, you know, if, if you're doing a, a West Marches type of game or you're just doing a basically a completely open sandbox, I think that's fine. The biggest problem I have with random generation is the, the consistency and the logic involved. I'm big on making a world believable, You increasing the, uh, what I want to say, you know, the, I don't want to say realism because it's not a realistic thing, but essentially that uh, realism. I, 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 want things to make sense. Um, that's oh, that, my general that makes,
0: that makes total sense to me and <clears throat> not to, to toot my own horn here, but I think you're gonna be in agreement with me when I tell you what I prefer to do. I think Bert knows where I'm at already because he's, he's experienced <laughs> it. And I've talked about the joys of what I do with him before, but I'm interested, Bert, for you on your own, you a planner or are you a rando? Well, considering this
1: notebook full of graph paper with dungeon <laughs> maps and... Uh, yeah, I'm more of a planner. Uh, the game sessions that I tend to run, the dungeons that you run into are, you know, lost cities, are tombs. Like, it's a great chance to build lore, and that's difficult to do in a pre-gen dungeon. Yeah. Or uh, not in a in a randomly generated dungeon. Like, I use dungeons as a chance to you know release bits of history and lore and lost you know civilizations and things like that into the worlds that I'm running so I tend to be more of a planner now if you know the something comes up I've used random dungeons before and they do have their place I mean they can be interesting it always surprises the players but I, I lean heavily towards planning my dungeons.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I know that. I, I do that going in. Um, but you you definitely, I think the three of us are probably the biggest planner. But again, like Kyle said, it's not railroading. You're just planning it's the, the environment. Backdrop. Right. It's the, right. It, right. I, right. I had so, a
1: hard time with that, but it's... Right. I mean, you can go whatever direction you want, but I have like a map of the dungeon, ways that are passable, ways that are impassable, areas that are trapped, and then it's up to you where you go in there and what you take away from it. But I do like that planning because I can input things where if characters are willing to you know, explore the dungeon or if they go where I help they'll go, they come away with more information about the world.
2: Right. Yeah, right. and seeing that's, that's my thing is it, you're, you're kind of speaking to a little bit about it, Bert, is everybody has this idea, well, not everybody, but a lot of people really like this idea of this sort of living, breathing world. It exists outside the characters, and I find that difficult to achieve if you're using just completely random generation on everything. I think that you use the, like Ryan said, it's an environment. You you do your plan, and you're like, okay, this is the dungeon. These are the areas, blah, 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 and then that's the... Setting, but the players can still do whatever the hell they want. And if they don't want to engage with that, then okay, it's time to bust out the random generation. No, that, that's kind of my I, take. I, I think
0: that um, you probably are going to disagree with me a little bit when I tell you how I do it. And, uh, it's, it's no secret to Bert, because Bert and I have talked about it in detail in the past, but I am a huge fan, especially if it is a dungeon-crawl dungeon, right? Or if it is a castle, or if it is the lair of the big, bad, evil guy. I am a huge fan of sitting down prior to the session and randomly generating the dungeon. And I like to do this not only by myself, but with someone else, preferably not in the game, because as that dungeon plays out, you can discuss and have sort of a story game of the narrative that goes into what's there. Um, the best okay. resource that I use is the old Central Casting Dungeons book. I have a copy of it. My good friend Dan, who's kind of like my dungeon planner assistant, has a copy of it. And we will sit there for the better part of a night and just create a dungeon. And it's, okay, well, there's a 5x50 room. There's a 10x10. They're they're connected by this hallway. It has a trap. It has a door. It has an encounter. But that's the level of it. And we take that, knowing the framework of the story, and overlay that on top. So this giant arena that we're walking into in an underground mega-dungeon is actually attached to these guard rooms, and then there's barracks behind it. Well, they're not barracks. Those are the quarters for the gladiators that are there against their will, which is why it necessitates the guard room to go into the arena. So you tell the story based on the map with the background of the campaign in mind, and it's sort of a, a weird amalgamation of the two. There's also a lot of creative license. So... You're, you know, in a randomly generated dungeon, I can have like a 10 by 10 room that has eight doors. Ah, that may not happen. I might not have more than one door in that room, but it is the base template for what's going on. And it allows me as a dungeon master that never gets to fucking play, have a little bit <laughs> of, of, of player narrative and creative narrative in the world too, uh, beyond what's just Arch. at
2: the table. So let me ask you this. Yeah. So you're, you're going through, you got your random tables, you're rolling your dice, you got your buddy Dan there, and you're talking. Do you ever cheat? you ever get a roll and you're like, oh, you know what, I really don't like that roll, let's re-roll it?
0: It just doesn't fit. You better believe I cheat. Absolutely. Okay. And when that dungeon gets to the table, if the players are doing something that doesn't jive with what is in my planned random dungeon, I'm going to cheat there too, right? It is, (laughs) it's just a boilerplate for what's going to happen. The true tale is still told at the table, but I at least have the layout, the map, the general idea. And if something that either I want or that the players do doesn't match up 100% with what's on paper, guess what? That's why it's behind the screen. So... The screen is more for me. You know, there's these guys, oh, I never use a screen. I roll in the open, and then I'm going to do 50 push-ups. You know the type. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm not going to fudge any roll. The screen is not there for my dice. The screen is there for my prep materials more than anything because I'm a mess.
2: Well, I, I use a screen. I agree with you about using the screens. I mean, I don't know if that's the way it was intended or not. I really don't care. That's how I grew up with it. I mean, when I learned the game and all my experiences, like, you, you if you were a DM, you, you had a fucking screen. That's what you did.
0: <laughs> and, oh, no, everything needs to be in the open. Otherwise, you're just railroading them. I've heard that so many times, and that's not yeah. true. That's not true at all. I don't want it to be in the open. If I'm rolling behind my screen, not only do I not have to tell you what I'm rolling for, but you don't need to know the result. There's That, that just takes away a, an element of something. Now, when it comes to damage, and Bert will tell you this, every time I crit, I will lift my screen and show the 20. Because I don't want... Right. Angst, right? I'm right, not right. there to fudge,
2: but I will generally roll in the open. Um, but I think that there are lots of times when you shouldn't.
0: Right, and and it's it's fine to have a mixture of the two. I probably yeah. would, but I'm lazy and I don't want to take the screen down and put the screen up and take the screen down and put the screen up. Plus, I've got all of my prep materials back there too, so. Right. I mean, I find
1: the screens to be really useful for tables and things like that. And if I have a dungeon that I'm running, the map of the whole dungeon is behind that screen. I'll tend to roll in the open, but the materials and things like that, I keep behind the screen because, you know, it takes away from, you know, if you can see the entire map of the dungeon, it, it kind of, I don't want to say it tempts people into metagaming you know they're like oh i see a trap
0: mark there so i'll go the other way like even the best gamer is going to even if subconsciously recognize and 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 have some level of metagaming if you open that opportunity i I don't care who you are yeah yes uh, oh so if i'm if i'm screenless and rolling in the open and i've got my notes there and the the big bads hit points are just a glance away you're gonna glance you're gonna Mm -hmm. glance
2: so then temptation is too great oh it is (laughs)
0: is. (laughs) look we we went from dungeon generation to screens Uh, but I think I think. Well, it's, but it 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 fits. It does. I mean, it's
2: appropriate. Yeah,
0: it it absolutely is appropriate. Um, and it's not news to anybody that we're you know sort of a little bit of ADD. We're addled. We go wherever the conversation takes us. You know, where the hell's the conversation going to take us now? It's going to take us here.
2: I missed it again.
0: Yeah, I, I did not hear Ryan say news. <laughs> oh, Ryan said news. The red light above me flashes every time it, it gets said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a fun week of news. Um, uh, quite a few things in, in the nerdosphere that have popped up that are just little bits and pieces. If I were to throw some words at you, let's see what you would associate with it, okay? um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's it. No, I'm just slow. Oh. <laughs> okay. Pennywise. Tim Curry. There you go. Got it in two. By the way, Tim Curry, I know he's not a young man, but he looks like he's on death's door. That's going to be a sad day for me. When 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 we get the 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 bad news about Tim. Long, long life and good health to Tim Curry is all I can wish because it'll make me sad. Now, that's
1: odd for you, Ryan, because you're of the opinion that when actors get old, they should stop working. I'm not
0: saying that he should work. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> it would be like a fucking revenant in a movie right now. I'm just saying I don't want to see him go because there are so many strong characters that Tim Curry has brought to life in my lifetime. Like, Tim Curry is the character actor or one of the the biggest character actors in, in in my time on this planet, um, and one of those characters uh, from a movie that I don't think always gets the appreciation that it deserves was Mister Body from
2: Clue. From Clue, from Clue. He, Clue. He I love that movie.
0: Wadsworth, the Butler, which actually was was Mister Body in the end. Um, or in one of the ends, right? <laughs> right? Right,
2: yeah, yeah, depends on what you saw.
0: The theatrical release had three different endings that were, was just sent out randomly to the theaters, and uh, mm-hmm. some theaters got multiple endings, so they would uh, show different endings back-to-back. Back. Um, yep. but, but Tim Curry, in a recent interview, let out that there is... A fourth ending to Clue that has what? not been released. What? What is it? The fourth ending to Clue, as Curry says, "quote I ran around the house killing everybody," unquote. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> flames on the side of my face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it ended up getting cut because quote it wasn't funny enough it was it wasn't surprising enough and it ended the film on an anti-climax so it was just left on the cutting room floor i i don't know come on guys that would have been fantastic (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well i mean you, you got to admit it
1: plays into that trope that the butler always did it you know what i mean In murder mysteries that was a
0: trope for right ever so like it makes sense that they would have had that mass murdering wadsworth could have been very funny and very appropriate given the dark nature of the comedy that was in that film <laughs>
2: I love that movie that, you know, that completely sets it up for a special edition anniversary Blu-ray release in the future. Well, they could could include the, 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 the the missing, the missing fourth ending included.
0: I don't (laughs) know if it even still exists and that might be the problem, right? It, It didn't make the cut. It's not on the master. It may not still be in physical existence on film.
2: Somebody's 100%. got it somewhere. Somebody's got it somewhere. There's like a school janitor somewhere, and he's got a <laughs> box of shit in a closet, and it's in there. I mean, it's got to be. Well, I, I,
0: I hope that someday we will get to see it, because Clue is, is definitely in my top five for comedy films. And like I said, it doesn't get the, the props that it deserves. So... I agree. What a shame. What a shame. Mass murdering Wadsworth never comes to (laughs) mind. Speaking of movies, we went from old, great, classic films to what might be on the horizon. And another tabletop role-playing game just might get the movie treatment, boys. Which one? Oh. I know what
2: it is. uh, I know what it is, Bert.
0: Uh, (laughs) kyle already knows bert do you have your dots handy my dots your dots oh geez are we talking about white wolf we are vampire the masquerade in the world of darkness is rumored to be being kicked around hollywood for a film And for all of the super smoking hot goth girls that it brought to the hobby, I don't want to see this movie. Am I alone in that sentiment? (laughs) I I enjoyed playing the White Wolf games back when
1: I was in high school. Like, we played Werewolf, we played Vampire the Masquerade, but I don't see how that would translate well to a movie. I mean, are the games still popular? I haven't played one in decades.
2: Well they got their reboots and stuff. I think, what is it? Requiem or whatever, but no, I, I, it's a, it's a story based game. I mean, you could easily convert that into a movie. You could come up with, with some stuff, I think.
0: But I think one of the problems that they would have, you mentioned the reboots is they have changed so much lore in the reboots that original fans of the game, you know, there, there, there are still people playing white wolf, right? And, there are a lot of people that are saying, "Fuck this. We're not playing Requiem." <laughs> we're continuing as is, and that, you know, takes them out of like official like White Wolf LARP or whatever the fuck that is. I <laughs> That's that's a whole other level.
2: Um but- I mean, if if Hollywood does its usual stick that it's doing nowadays where we're going to subvert the expectations, then no, I don't want to see it. I'm with you on that. Now, if you get somebody in there who's going to you know, be a little bit more faithful to the source material. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, we know there was a reboot. We're not doing that. This is strictly Vampire the Masquerade. We're going to stick to the original lore and we're going to do it right. Then I would give it a chance. Um, I don't think, I think the odds of that happening are like.
0: Oh, slim to slim none. To,
2: right. Slim yeah. to none. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, Bert, you know, there was a TV show There based was. on Vampire right. the Masquerade, right? Did you right. ever see it?
1: Uh, I think I saw a few episodes. I, uh, I remember, like I said, the, I I remember the world having so much lore and like interesting, like history. When we played, we had a great time playing it. It was just something that the group I was in at the time kind of fell away from. And none of the groups I found since were really kind of excited about.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, the show wasn't the best translation of the game. In my opinion, it was called kindred the embraced, um, and it was it was a it was a good show. It it just never came into its own. It got canceled way too quickly. The first season was all basically set up. If they'd gone into a second season, I think it could have been a lot better because they started to plant the seeds uh in this in the story and in the episodes where they could really expand on things in the future. It had a lot of potential that it just never lived up to.
0: I don't know. I I was not a fan of Kindred. Um, I was never super into White Wolf either. The only reason I played it was said hot goth girl. (laughs) Sydney, wherever you are, holy shit, (laughs) the things that you did. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I I don't know. It was fun, but I think it's one that 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 can be passed right now for the state of of big media, you know. They they passed on this next one, which is just short little blurb, which kind of has me okay. The Masters of the Universe movie has been canceled by Netflix, which was fine because they cast like a five eight. Wait, did I say that? <laughs> as he-man and it just didn't fit so as much as i everyone knows i love masters of the universe but you know that movie was canceled um i don't think that vampire is necessarily a great candidate given the climate in hollywood right now
1: yeah i mean the problem the problematic thing about a masters of the universe film is which source material are they following they better be
0: following the comics that's all I've got to say. <laughs> 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 I mean, you could. I mean, theoretically, you could follow the Filmation cartoon.
1: Yeah, true, but there have been like three versions since the Filmation cartoon I can think of right off the top of my head. Uh, the 2000
0: so. X version is by far the superior animated version of uh, Masters of the Universe, and it is it is tied to the cart or tied to the comic. So uh, that's. That's why I said it. so if I if you wanted me to answer that in in the vein of what's been produced already the the 2000 X is is by far the the superior version two seasons if, makes me sad uh, it ended far too soon
2: um, if they do a Masters of the Universe movie they should just like get out the old Dolph Lundgren movie and just re-release it and just tell her about it. <laughs> this is the new movie. I
0: mean Frank Langella was spectacular in that film
2: mm-hmm. um oh he was and
0: dolph wasn't bad the script was pretty shit <laughs> yeah, it was.
2: and and yet it's still better than anything that's come out in the last three years
0: kevin smith are you listening uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I i really didn't want to see you know he-man you know in la i wanted to see he-man on eternia
0: you know well yeah 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 but it's better than seeing you know, He, Tila which is what we got the last time, which is bad. Oh, so terrible. So terrible. Last movie thing, real quick. And then we'll uh, wrap things up with uh, a talk about, well, a, a board game, right? Uh, which ironically segues into our final segment where we're going to talk about digital elements in board games. But if you are a fan of... Pet Cemetery as I am okay for being a above average king book for the time and being a spectacularly good bad horror
1: movie
0: agreed mm-hmm. you'll, you'll be excited about Pet Cemetery bloodlines where The film tells the tale of Judd Crandall. Oh, oh, that's an interesting idea. Flashback to 1969. Young Judd Crandall has dreams of leaving his hometown, but discovers the secrets buried and is forced to confront his dark family history that will forever keep him rooted in Ludlow, Maine.
1: Oh, now that's a really interesting idea.
0: It's
2: a great idea, but God, they're just, I just, I have no faith in Hollywood anymore. Well, October 6th,
0: we need to have a viewing party. We'll find a way to do it. In fact, I know a way to do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would, I would be up for that. I, um, you know, I I think it's a great idea, but with you know, it's not just another reboot or reimagining, which is what I was afraid you were going to tell us about. No. The question is, are they going to do, you know, like, how are they going to handle that treatment? You know,
2: poorly, poorly. Bert. The answer is poorly. I don't uh, know
0: like- that it'll be poorly because how much politics can you insert in a 1969 setting? Wait! Don't answer. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah. You got another half hour of show because I can talk. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: Well, there's not going to be like a rainbow mafia, or there shouldn't be, in in 1969, right? You're not going to have this this influx of of like BLM and identity politics in 1969. You're going to have the civil rights movement, which I'm sure will make an appearance. There's not a doubt in my mind, but that's okay. If it's done authentically, you know, I'm not opposed. In fact, I am one that screams from the mountaintops that we need to acknowledge the things that we had in the past instead of washing them away and pretending they never happened. It's Agreed. just as long as it's not being shoved down my throat, you know, right. I'm, right. I'm sure
1: the protest of the Vietnam war will come up, you know, and
0: and I'm okay with that. The screens look pretty good so far. They authentically created or recreated the Pet Cemetery look and feel from the original film, which I thought was a spectacular set. So. We'll see. Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, Paramount Plus, October 6th. Bert, you got to get Paramount Plus. Catch up on your fucking Star Trek. <laughs> and then we can watch this movie. <laughs> so I was
1: like, did you put that in the news just so you could dig me about not having Paramount Plus again? No.
0: Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, last but not least, gentlemen, get your singles ready. An ex stripper is designing a board game to destigmatize the sex industry night shift. I heard about it. Ah, uh, tell everybody about it, Bert. Um,
1: you play the role of a dancer trying to you know, maximize your earnings, uh, depending on the dancer you choose. You have, I suppose uh, I, from what I read different, uh, different features and different abilities that appeal to different clients. And you're, you know, trying to, you know, make the most money on the night shift i suppose
0: i suppose um let's oh let's God. be honest this is just more cashing in on people's perversion and i i say that with love yeah. because i i am in the group of people that has perversion i'm not by any means presenting myself as a prude <laughs> you, <laughs> you know um but there's just so much product that's coming out that is over-sexualized just for the sake of being sexualized, as opposed yes. to stuff that's out there that has smutty good content that's authentic to what it is. This one just reeks of I'm sexy just to be sexy. And and I, 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 I look at our sponsor for this week, uh, right. Grim. Grim puts out right. stuff that's provocative, but it's got good bones mm-hmm. behind it. It's not just a cash in because I'm a stripper with a heart of gold making a board game. Tip me and make sure you follow me on my OnlyFans. Double Dutch Delights.
2: Uh,
0: fuck, <laughs> Kyle, you're gonna be uh, plugging <laughs> night shift. <laughs> you're right there
2: no yeah, you, you made me choke oh my god you made me choke that's
0: a special ability of 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 sapphire the one stripper oh
2: okay oh, that's, oh god i set myself ryan, up for that ryan ryan i set myself up for that oh, that's all right I, I will not be i will not be pledging that i like to keep my perversions where they belong behind closed doors god damn it i
0: actually reached out with a press request for to uh, the publisher and the creator of the game because I want them to take me up on the Sparkle Troll Challenge, which is authentically convince me that I'm wrong. You know, I'm, I'm not opposed to to having a conversation with people that I disagree with. It's just they need to be the right people and they need to be able to take criticism without contempt, just like they can say things about my opinion and I won't hold it. So I did reach out to them. Whether or not we'll get a response, we'll we'll see. Uh sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. Um it's funny. We do have a challenger that is stepping up to the plate and I tip my hat to them in the Sparkle Troll Challenge. And that's going to be coming in the next few weeks. So stay tuned for that announcement. Um but, boys, if you're a My Little Pony fan, you'll be excited.
2: This is me excited.
0: Yeah, I'm, uh,
2: I'm not, not a huge I'm fan not, of my brony. I'm <laughs> not a brony. But, not a brony. <laughs> well,
0: just sit tight.
2: So Okay.
0: But like I always say, we don't have to agree to have a conversation about something. And my hat's off for saying, you know what? I'm not going to convert any sales from your audience. I just want to talk about it. Maybe in the coming weeks we will uh, see Night Shift, but I I hold my breath with board games because people generally just don't send them out because of shipping reasons, right? So All Right. But that, my friends, is the news for this week. Okay. Okay. I guess we should move into our last segment here because uh, that news was a whirlwind. <laughs> <laughs> we started with something and ended with strippers <laughs> i don't even remember i can't remember so, what the first news story was <laughs> so
2: so situation normal okay
0: you, you know what i need to to jog my memory i need to be reminded that this week we have ourselves a check mark hero. hero is none other than good old doc jones You know him. You love him. We want you to give him a follow on Twitter so that you can appreciate his perspective. It's D-J-O-N-E-Z 73 on the Twitter machine. He went to nerdcognito.com. He clicked on the link at the top of the page that says, be a checkmark hero. And he sent us eight bucks so that the checkmark was preserved on the Twitter machine. And we can't thank him enough. You too should consider being a. Check mark hero. Thanks, Doc. You know we love you. We know we do. We do. We do. Well, this week we had a, we got another board game in this week, Bert. We're we're three for three, which is interesting because <laughs> usually we don't run back to back to back. With with board games. But uh, our one group, we were able to pull it off. Um, and it was the the Return to Dark Tower with the new expansion. Well, not new, but new to us expansion. Right. And we had a good time, you know, with the mechanical tower just spoojing skulls everywhere. Kyle, you're, you would love this game. <laughs> and um, the app almost kicked our butts, I, I got to say. Because it is an app-based board game. And that uh, brings us to our final segment for the week. Bert, tell the folks what we're going to talk about.
1: Well, I mean, we've seen more and more an increase in app-supported board games or app-driven board games, even, where the app is essential for play. So uh, I thought it would be good to talk about, you know, sort of how we feel about that trend and, you know, sort of our thoughts on, you know, old-fashioned, you know, dice and paper board games versus you know, app driven or
0: digital. Yeah. Kyle, have you played any app driven games lately?
2: No, I have not. In fact, uh, as we were talking before the show started, I was not even aware that this was a thing because I'm a dinosaur.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Roar. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, we play at our table, uh, our fair share of everything from role-playing games to board games and, I'm not opposed to bringing an app in if it makes life easier. And I think for a lot of these games, it does two things. It simplifies some of the fiddly bits that would otherwise drag down a game. So mechanically, I see apps, if properly implemented, as a very positive thing. And second, it brings in some atmosphere, some cool factor. You can have sound effects. You can have... Maybe narration for sections of the game. You can have a visual component that's animated or different than what's just on the cardboard. So I have zero opposition to an app based board game. I think that as long as it is an app that is meaningful, and I look at examples like Mansions of Madness, that is one of your favorites. That's one of my favorites. And it is a pinnacle. For app-based board games, because it takes out all of the fiddly legwork that you nest that you had in the first edition, which was not an app-based board game. I played both, right? We have both. Mm-hmm. Sure. And the first edition, great game that we rarely got to the table because it was a bitch to run. The second edition, which is the app-based edition, so so much easier to run. And the app really does contribute in all of those ways that I said before to make it a more immersive experience. So I'm on board. I'm all in and you mentioned madness. I am all in. I'm like, <laughs> what five to $700 in. Cause it's complete. So oh, wow, yeah. Um, I, I certainly don't shun the app. I know there are folks that do. Right.
2: So what I mean, happens when the app goes down? Well, I mean, that's you the know, that's or the if big they stop argument. Supporting it, yeah.
0: That's the big argument. What the hell are we going to do when the app goes down? When the app goes away? Yeah. When it's no longer supported? And my answer to that yeah. is, if it's a successful enough game, a we don't have to worry about it. And b, if it has hmm. a big enough following, and I'm specifically looking at Android apps. This is one of the reasons why um, I'm not a fan of the Apple ecosystem. We can just pull that APK, and the community can distribute it and support it. And well, that's not realistic bullshit. And I'm going to give you another board game example of why it's realistic. Do you boys remember the 80s, and there was one in the 90s, which was a sequel game, the Nightmare Slash Atmosphere games that had the VHS cassette with it? I do.
2: Yeah, yep.
0: And you would argue right now that that is an unsupported, for most people, non-playable element that was core to the game, right? Right. Who has a VHS player sitting around? No one. But someone digitized it and it's on freaking YouTube so the game lives on. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I pulled out Nightmare the other day. I looked at the VHS tape and I said, hmm. I could digitize this, and it would be something to throw on archive.org for everybody to benefit, and it's already on YouTube. I didn't have to do anything. That's going to happen with these apps. You're going to be able to, just like you can play, (coughs) legally or not, an emulated video game from days gone by, you're going to be able to play this board game when and if the app goes into the vapor. Now, uh, Bert, you know somebody that's on the other side of this argument,
1: right? Uh, let me uh, play. So, let me play devil's advocate. Obviously, I'll play anything. So, app supported, app driven, plain dice and paper. I'm happy to play. I'm just happy to play a board game. But you know, to play devil's advocate, obviously, we already discussed the unsupported app issue. The other thing that they bring up is. You bring a board game to the table to get your face out of a screen and to interact with other people at the table. It's a break from, you know, screen time and, you know, a digital environment that we're in every day. Um, Let me give you an example. We played a app driven game and at certain points in the game, your character had to make decisions. You pass somebody the iPad. They have to read a segment, answer questions, make decisions, and then pass the iPad on and the game records those decisions and determines what the next outcome is going to be. So like literally you're not communicating with anybody on the table. You're sitting there tapping a touch screen for three or four minutes and then passing it on.
0: I don't think it's three or four minutes. I think it's closer to 30 seconds, Bert, <laughs> but Yeah, I mean, it depends on how slow you read. Right, right. But <laughs> here, other side of that coin, what's the difference if we're passing a game book, oh, read paragraph 72. what's the difference
2: oh god
1: storybook
0: driven games yeah we've played quite a few of those too well that's the alternative right and and i'm right and i'll specifically look at a great game that is not app driven and that's sleeping gods storybook driven right that book can easily be translated into an app and probably make the game run a little faster that that would be my answer to the argument. Kyle, you hate this whole this whole conversation. <laughs>
2: I don't I, I'm I'm really torn on it. I mean, you know, the neo-Luddite in me wants to say, you know, you should suffer for your enjoyment. <laughs> but man, I don't know. Life was so much better when we all walked uphill in snow both ways to school. Uh,
0: no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that shit. <laughs> you don't
1: have nostalgia about frostbitten feet and like standing at the bus stop with icicles in your hair.
0: No, I didn't even go outside during recess. I went to the <laughs> <fucking> computer lab. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I mean, I'm a tech guy. I like my tech. Um, honestly, my opinion is going to be f- flavored by the fact that I've, like I said, I d- didn't even really know that this was a thing before, so I've never experienced it. So, so I don't really have a foundation to base any criticism on. The first thing that came to mind was the obvious, you know, what happens if the app doesn't work, but, um, I mean, we were talking before the show, the return of the dark tower. I've got my old original dark tower. doesn't need an app, but this new one with the way you're talking about it, you know, you were kind of selling me on it and I'm, I'm really tempted to see if I can scrounge up 300 bucks to dump on the game and the expansion. Now
0: it is spectacular for a medium weight game. That's a lot. I mean, you're right. It's, it's not going to be like an Eldritch horror. It's not going to be like a twilight Imperium. It's an accessible game. So it's a good teaser game to get folks into the hobby. Like I, I really see dark tower because the kitsch of the tower, right? as right. a perfect gateway game to get people to step it up from playing uno.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: mean and 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 it's fun to play and it's
1: easy to follow and I mean um you know uh, the only thing that I would say the only drawback I had when we played it was uh it eats batteries. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Talking about a, the new one or the old one? The new one.
0: The, the new one. The they new one eight batteries. Had to switch the old batteries. one ate
2: batteries. The the old one ate batteries too, trust me. I know.
0: But you know what? What's three double A's, right? That's true. It, it, well,
2: these are these are the old uh
0: that that was a nine volt, I think.
2: No, 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 it's a D it's a D cell, man. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's you know, you gotta
0: Stop Thief setup. was the nine volt. Stop thief was the yeah. nine volt. man
2: yeah. Uh, I played the hell out of the first one. I used to, I mean, when, when I got that and God, we played that at least once a week, every week for probably four years.
0: Oh, it was so innovative for its time. It really was. And I'm telling you, Kyle, I'm so jealous. You know, I'm surrounded by a lot of books and cardboard right now. And that is one that I've never had the opportunity to get my hands on. So. Oh,
2: so jealous. It's, 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 we can talk price.
0: <laughs> not without a box. What are you talking about? You don't have a box. Okay. I'm going to be snooty. Well,
2: no, I've got, a, I've got a box. It's just not the box it came
0: in. That's the story of my life. <laughs> oh, boys. Uh, let's tell people to do the things, huh? Uh, first and foremost, if you're not subscribed to Nerdcal Nerd Cognito on the podcast provider that you're listening to right now. Make sure that you smash that subscribe button. and Hey, throw us a five-star review. Uh, not for nothing, we appreciate every single subscription. We really do. You subscribing and telling your friends about us is the number one most important thing that as a Nerd Cognito Nation member you can do to support the show. Of course, we appreciate when you follow at Nerd Cognito on Twitter or if you... Poke at the link tree on Twitter and throw a couple of bucks our way. We appreciate that. But most importantly, that subscription is the number one way that you can say thanks. And we sincerely appreciate that. You can also follow me on Twitter if you want. I'm at I Hate Ryan David. Uh, it's pretty hot commodity lately. Maybe you should follow me <laughs> next week. <laughs> you can follow Kyle at Dying Breed TT. You can't follow Bert because Bert stays the <laughs> fuck off of social media. <laughs>
1: That's right.
0: While you're on the follow and subscription train, I'm going to ask you to cruise over to the YouTube and search for inappropriate characters. That's the show that I am Humbly and excitedly joining this month with the RPG Pundit and the one and only Venger Satanus. Uh, Give that a subscription as well. Uh, First show is coming up at the end of the month, the 30th, so you don't want to miss it. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good time. Because, you know, there is never any controversy when Pundit, Venger, and I talk about things. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, other than that, shoot, that's, that's all I can think of. Remember to head over to post mort.com. Check out Grimsware. We appreciate him sponsoring the show this week. And, uh, that's all I got boys. Anything else that you guys want to talk about or you want to call it? We're going to be a couple of minutes early this week. It looks like that's, that's always a good thing.
2: I got nothing. No.
0: Yeah, no, I don't, I don't have anything else to add either. Well then with that being said, uh, I will thank everybody once again for tuning in and listening, for doing all of the things that they need to do, and for supporting the friends that support us. Uh, We really got to stay strong in our corner of the hobby. There's lots of villains coming out with knives from the shadows, and we've got to stay vigilant so that uh, we can preserve the things that we love to do, and that is super important. My name is Ryan David. Thank you again for tuning in, and we'll talk at you next week. Be safe out there,
2: everybody. The butler did it.